enjoyed the message last week. Um, had to watch it in two parts, so I was trying to, I was watching, I got into it, and then you had a ferry to catch, and if you missed the ferry off of Whitehead, you got to wait two and a half hours for the next one around lunchtime, so, um, but loving one another, and a lot of good pointed, um, good point, and I think even for the two, two weeks away, it helped me to kind of look ahead and, and, and try and outline where we're headed, and uh, John chapter 10 is where we'll be this morning, but it's almost going to be be an introduction because we are shifting shifting gears here. It, uh, I really feel that we've connected in this passage in John chapter 10 that Jesus is speaking to the leadership of Israel, right? I think we understand that it's taking place at the Feast of Tabernacles, and this is a really important thing. But now, now it's important for us to get the root of what Jesus is saying here in John chapter 10. And if I was to, well, maybe we won't. If I was to, to, to label the root as we step into this uh, passage and, and put a theme on it this morning, I would put a theme on it in that it's addressing religion. Right? And if you're following religion, the last part of, of John chapter 9, verse 41 says what? Therefore your sin remains. That's a terrifying thought. Right? That, that should be something that, that even for, for a believer should have them just, just reverently thinking through. Right? In religion, your sin remains. Even for a believer, someone who has placed their faith in Christ and, and, and whether it's a young age or a middle age or an older age, Unconfessed sin is unconfessed sin. Therefore, your sin remains. Following religion is, is not healthy for anyone. And that's kind of where we're going to be this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I just think of the topic that's at hand. Lord, we've, we've spent weeks leading up to it. They're just examining what Jesus was trying to explain to these people lost in religion lost in the doing, lost in the, the, the creating that works for them. And we see Jesus making it very clear that, that their sin remains. And that's a serious, serious charge. And I just pray this morning that we would see how serious this is. We would take the needed time to examine our lives. Um, a lot of these, these points you've laid on my heart for this week are very pointed and and, and they won't be easy to, to process for some. I pray that we'd all, at the end of this, take something home to think about. That decisions would be made. That commitments uh, we'd be moved to. And I just pray that we understand that it, it's, it's the verses, it's the message of Jesus, it's the red letters speaking. And I just pray these things in your precious name. Amen. So we've established that Jesus is speaking to, to leadership. He's speaking to the religion that the Pharisees are, are, are promoting. And the last statement he makes in John chapter 9 is, Therefore your sin remains. And that is the root. Things are going to shift here. Right? Do we realize this morning that in two chapters, right, we're starting Jesus' journey to the cross. Right? In two chapters, we're starting Jesus' journey to the cross. And I hope your heart is ready for that. 
as we study through it. I, think, I hope we're going to study through it like we never have before. But your heart needs to be ready for that. There is no place for religion when you're approaching the cross. Right? There's no place for religion when you're understanding what took place as Jesus gave his life, shed his life blood, uh, was buried in that tomb fulfilling the law and raising again as a promise for our new life. There is no room for religion in that. We must move past that. One cannot simply move past verse 41 without bringing clarity to it. Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would have no sin. But now you say, We see, therefore your sin remains. Three weeks ago, I made the statement, It would have been better for these men to be physically blind, so they looked at their hearts. Right? They looked inside to realize where they stood before God positionally and spiritually. You know if you're separated from God. You know if He's not speaking to you. You know if your life is not going parallel with what His standard, His standard teaches. This statement, therefore your sin remains, must be clarified because it is the deciding factor as to whether you go to heaven when you die, an eternity in His presence, your sin being, being dealt with, your sin remaining is the deciding factor on whether you go to hell, answering for your own sin. It must be clarified. Religion must be left behind. Religion, right? And, and I don't want us to think um, Buddha, I don't want us to think Catholicism. Religion can creep into our churches, can't it? It can, very quickly. Religion does not address sin. Religion does not talk about sin. Religion does not teach about sin because it condones it. And as we're going to look through John chapter 10, 10 you have many sheep following the voice of strangers. Strangers that don't talk about sin. Strangers that don't talk about repentance. Strangers that don't talk about hell. It's a real reality. People don't have to go to hell. They don't have to go to hell. They don't have to have their sin remain on them. That's why Jesus Christ went to the cross. Religion is hypocritical. Religion is complacent. Religion is condoning. Religion is excusing which contradicts the message of Christ. It contradicts the message of Christ. Yes, Jesus came out of love. He came with a message of God's love. But His message was what? Repent. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. His people following religion, their sin was remaining and they needed to turn to God and come to Him His way. For the believer in Christ this morning... If you are truly looking for Christ's return, if you are truly looking for that call and that trumpet sound, if you are truly anticipating His imminent return, <laughs> you and repentance go hand in hand. You and confession of sin goes hand in hand. Because we're all broken people. Right? I am a failure constantly, continually, now, I don't want to go as far as to say that, you know, I am a worm and, and a lot of different circles are taking that way, but I, I am a man. I, am, I have a fallen nature. I have a sin nature. 
but I have a risen Savior that paid the price on the cross. Right? I have the blood of Christ that I simply come to Him and I say, Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. I, I've done this. I'm sorry. And I'm forgiven. Right? And I know when I have that unconfessed sin, I know as a believer when that sin is remaining. Right? I know that. But I have a Jesus who paid the price and washes me clean with that repentance. If you are truly looking for Christ's return, your, your repentance and confession go hand in hand. You are very familiar with that. This morning, this is not a religious service, right? And God's people should say amen. This isn't a religious service. We believe that we are called to a spiritual relationship with Christ, right? One more time and we'll hear it again. We, we are called to, to what Jesus Christ did on the cross, when we recognize that we're sinners. We recognize that He paid the price for sin and that we, we are separated. And when we ask for forgiveness of sin and we place our faith in Him, we believe that He died, He was buried, He rose again on the third day, we enter into that new life in Him. That's not religion, that's relationship. And we preach here that you come to the cross continually. The scene here in John chapter 10 the blind man is healed. You spend a little bit of time trying to picture being blind for 40 years and then all of a sudden your eyes open. I mean, that, that is a supernatural working. The blind man is healed. And in verse 25 of chapter 9, he says, One thing I know, that though I was blind, now I see. And as he's standing before these religious people, like people in religion, not a relationship, religion. He's beginning to understand there's two things going on here. Number one, these guys were lost to Satan's religious confusion. Has anybody ever had, had um, the opportunity to participate in religion, as weird as that sounds? Yeah, Catholicism, yeah. Um, we've had a, quite, Daryl and I have had quite a few conversations about it, right? There's confusion when it comes to religion. Almost kind of like COVID. There's no guidelines. There's, there's a creating. There's a, there's a rigidity here, but there's leniency here. It's hypocritical, right? It, it doesn't, doesn't follow a standard. Satan's religious confusion. Religion makes a mockery of God's design, of God's intentions. Why is, why is mankind, why did God form Adam for spiritual intimacy with him? Right? Yes, there's the doing part of it, but that's not how you have a relationship with God. It's in here. Right? It's religion makes a mockery of God's design and intention, which is why the world mocks at many buildings with crosses on them. Right? The world mocks as they drive by because of Satan's religious confusion. The second thing he's beginning to understand is that they did not know God. In the midst of their their day-to-day, their, -day, their, their temple practices, what they were doing, they did not know God. They did not recognize who God Jehovah is, nor were they able to see what God was doing in Israel. The people in religion were unable to see what God was doing in the hearts and lives of, of the people. Here's a man healed 40 years, standing before them and what were they trying to do we remember maybe we remember from three weeks ago they're trying to uh, argue with them and convince him that jesus did not heal them these pharisees couldn't explain what had just happened in this man's life the blind man had to go outside the house of god to find 
the answers to the supernatural spiritual working of God in this man's life. Religion couldn't explain it. Religion didn't want to explain it. This man had to go outside for spiritual answers of what was going on in his heart. Right? Religion could not explain what God was speaking to this man in his heart. This man had to go outside the walls of a building that was supposed to be devoted to God of Israel to find the light of Christ. Religion can creep into the temple of God. Religion can creep into churches. You have people saying, we see, we see, and yet therefore their sin remains. Jesus is talking to a religious group that was very good at functioning in sin. Right? Jesus is telling them that their sin remains. How they are living, their sin remains. Jesus is talking with a religious group functioning in sin. That has you pause. Has you pause? It has me pause. Because I'm very good at functioning in sin. I mean, even blatant sin. I, I've got 10 years under my belt of, of being able to go to church on Sunday and sit with the boys on Monday. Right? Unchanged. Not even touched. Not even scathed by what God was trying to speak to my heart. Functioning in sin. Verse 41. Blind. Religious. Can't even see where their hearts are before God. We see. We see. And again, untouched unscathed. You spend some time thinking about that. And again, it's just, just religion needs to be left behind before we even start talking about the cross and the things that Christ did. We don't have to open church history books for examples of blind religion today. It's kind of heartbreaking when you start thinking about it. Because this is the condition, condition of churches condition of people that say that they're following God, right? The working of God is hindered by sin, is it not? Think with me. Yeah? The Bible says that the working of God is hindered by sin. There's broken fellowship. The speaking of God is silenced by sin. Those living in sin do not hear God speaking, do not hear the voice. There's a resisting, there's a quenching of the Spirit. The leading of God is blinded by sin. If you're in sin, you, you, there, there is no forward motion. The Spirit is leading. This is where Christ is put before me. There is none of that. The result of religion, therefore your sin remains, equals a mess. It equals a mess. If I was to ask the question, and it's in light of and, and, and this verse from Revelation um, chapter 2, verse 1, right? Where it says, These things says, He who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. And that's Revelation 2, 1. Right? That's Jesus speaking. Jesus is saying, he, as he's saying to the, the pastors and the leaders of the church, He is walking in the midst of the church. He's here right now. He's in our midst. Right? He, he, he's, he's calling our name. It's his voice. He's seeking to lead us. But he cannot do that if we're following religion. 
He cannot do that if there's unconfessed sin. The sin remains. There's a, there's a hindrance there. And if I was asked the question this morning, we kind of pause and, and we'll do some, some church thinking here as a family. If I was to ask the question, how is God spiritually, supernaturally working in our midst this morning? How is He working? What has He been doing? What have we been physically participating in as a church, as the spiritual body of Christ? How would we answer? Well, creatively, I thought the first thing would be, hold on a second, Pastor. That's Pentecostal stuff. Moving of the Spirit, right? I mean, the, the working, God, God in our midst. Whoa, 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 we're Baptists. We're conservative, right? Like, we're, we're well, hold on a second. But it begs me to question, <laughs> how do we define religion? How do we define religion? Right? If we can't identify what God's doing in our midst and we're not openly willing and, 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 and praising God about it, what's your definition of religion? Religion, therefore your sin remains. There, there, there's, there, there's something hindering that if we can't answer that. What about God speaking? Come down to John chapter 10, verse 4. And I, I, I skipped, I guess I skipped, I didn't catch it. With that God moving in our midst, Jesus is explaining and he's speaking into this religion. And he says, but he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. Right? And that connection was Revelation 2.1. Jesus walking in the midst of our church. Right? He's coming through the door. He's looking. He's looking to interact with us. John chapter 10, verse 4, it says, And when he bring, pardon me, we'll just read three, to him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice. Right? There's a calling. If he's calling, there's a listening. There's a listening there. There's a hearing that's needed there. Right? He hears his voice, and he calls out his own sheep by name and leads them out. Does he just call your name once? Back when you were five or six years old and you gave your life to him? Is that only once? Is that how God works? No, it's a continual thing. This is a relationship. This isn't a religion where I was saved 40 years ago. Praise God. No, this is a, hey, this morning I opened this and I got on my knees or, or I got in my chair and I spent time with him and, and he called my name. Part of me thinks there of how you get so much testimony when someone's laying in a hospital bed of the name, Jesus calling their name. Why does it take that? When he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. I got, I got five or six messages just written trying to, to, to move past this text. But I mean, it's, there's a knowing there. If I was to ask this morning about God speaking, has God been talking with you this week directly to you? Right? I'm not talking about audible voices and visions from the sky. I'm talking about the Word of God's open. I mean, you're, you're, you're spending, you're meditating, and God's speaking to you. There's a peace. There's a leading. You're trying, trying to look for a decision for Him to make. Is He speaking to you? What has He been saying? I put in my notes here. Right? Spiritual life is alive. It's alive. I know, I know the separation. I know the darkness. I know what it's like there to surrender, confess, and, and feel the presence of God in my life. Spiritual life is alive. He speaks. What about leading? Right? The sheep 
follow him, for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. A lot of people are running. A lot of people don't know the shepherd. A lot of people say they're following him, but their lives are are heading way away from the shepherd who's out in front. What about the shepherd leading you this morning? Right? What about the shepherd leading you this morning? Maybe this morning you're, 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 you're wondering what we're talking about. You're wondering why this is so important. You're understanding, trying to figure out where your place is in this. I, I encourage you to stick with me to the very end. Okay? That last slide will have the choices that we have. All right? But what about the shepherd leading you? I've had many conversations over the past six years. And again, we need to understand this morning that I was that wayward sheep. I was that one there that as Jesus was calling my name, and it wasn't for salvation. He was saying, you need to follow this. right? You need to follow me. And I'm going, no, no, no. He's calling my name. And I was saying, no, no, no. I've had many conversations over the past six years with people who have been, and I'll say it very loosely, walking with the Lord. I'm told they are. right? Following the Lord. Six years of conversations. I've had parents tell me on behalf of their children how happy they are their loved ones are in church following the Lord. We know what their lives look like on Monday. Something to think about. But within a brief amount of time talking with them, right, of that person who is following the Lord sitting in the pew Sunday mornings from the young adult about to begin real life to the senior who's enjoying life, after a brief amount of time, I discover that that man or woman, young or old, their Bibles are closed. Their Bibles are closed. Their eyes cannot see what God commands for them in their life. Like They're, they're, they're reaching for answers, and yet they're somehow following the shepherd. They, they don't know God's speaking. They don't know where God's leading. You ask a simple question. As the sheep calls his own sheep by name, right? Do you know his voice? Can you hear what Christ is saying to you? As he opens that door, the sheep hear his voice. He calls out his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings them out, his own sheep, he goes before them. And the sheep follow him for they know his voice. Do you hear his voice? What is he saying? Where is he leading you? You ask that question. And they look blankly at you. What do you mean? What do you mean? Religion. Therefore your sin remains. Is it possible this morning, I'll just put it to you, not in that sense, very lovingly. um, Turn with me to Proverbs chapter 30. I know I've shared this before, but it, it come up again. Is it possible to sit in the pew of a church, Sunday after Sunday, and Jesus be a stranger to you? Is it possible? Sunday after Sunday, and Jesus be a stranger to you? Of course it is, right? Is it possible to sit in a church pew Sunday after Sunday, and you not know his voice? Of course it is. Uh, And there's one of two things, right? And Daryl and I already had a conversation this morning, about how I won't say that you've never placed your faith in Christ just because you're not hearing the voice of God. 
right? That is between you and the Lord, okay? But I am saying that as a believer, as someone who has placed their faith in the Christ, if there is unconfessed sin in your life, that sin is hindering you from the voice of God. That sin is hindering you from the leading of where Christ is trying to call you out of the fold and and into where he's leading you. Broken fellowship. Proverbs chapter 30, beginning in verse 1, we, enter, we, we meet a man by the name of Agur, right? And we don't know too many details about this man, but as you read through the, the wisdom that he's presenting here, it's very clear that he's having his eyes open, that he was following religion. He was following the doing. He was following the practice. And then all of a sudden, it seems as though God started calling his name. Begin in verse 2. Surely I am more stupid than any man and do not have the understanding of a man. Religion, sin, remaining sin, separation, hindrance. I neither learned wisdom nor have knowledge of the Holy One. As this man followed religion, he didn't learn and, and, and I, I oftentimes have, have been defining wisdom as God's word, God's truth applied to your life, right? I mean, is it possible to sit in a pew? Is it impossible to read these words and never be led to apply them to your life? Right? Them never moving past just simply words. You carry the book, put it in its case as soon as the service is done, and you don't look at it again until next Sunday? Of course it is. But that's what religion does. I neither learned wisdom, God's word applied, his truth applied, nor have knowledge of the Holy One. That term, Isaiah uses this term for for the Christ, the chosen one. He somehow was following this religion and didn't put two and two together of what a, a spiritual intimacy and looking forward to the Messiah. Sitting in a pew, missing the voice of Christ. Missing, missing that spiritual intimacy that he desires with us. We have his eyes open here in verses 4, therefore, to who God is. Who has ascended into heaven or descended? Who has gathered the wind in his fists? Who has bound the waters in a garment? Who has established all the ends of the earth? What is his name? The religion he was following, right? He didn't know this God. And what is his son's name, if you know? calling his name voice that voice every word of god is pure he's a shield to those who put their trust in him do not add to his words lest he rebuke you and you be found a liar we'll just end there this morning but i encourage you to finish that chapter is it possible to sit in a pew sunday after sunday and not hear jesus's voice is it possible to sit in a pew sunday after sunday and not, not recognize where he's leading you. Of course it is. Jesus is calling your name. Jesus is seeking to lead you in the things of him. And too often and too many people say no. I put in my notes here, of course it is. Of course it's very possible. Religion has destroyed lives. Religion has removed generations from our churches. Religion is where we watch individuals in remaining sin, unconfessed sin, individuals in remaining sin, and their sad attempts to live life. 
right? Those transgressions, that mess, the, 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 their lives are falling apart. They're trying to make an existence without God. Saying no to the shepherd. This morning, you don't have to, right? That's why we're looking at this passage. You don't have to. That is what Jesus had come to deliver his people from, religion. This is why he went to the cross. This is why we preach the gospel and we simply need to give our heart to Christ. That's not just a, a one-time thing. Now, don't get me wrong there. You place your faith in Christ once and you're, you're, you're saved, sealed, and dwelt, um, baptized, right? That, that's a one-time thing. But then you continually come to the cross and, Lord Jesus, I just want to live for you. I'm sorry for my sins. That's a continually giving of your heart and life to him. It's a continually turning to the cross. Turning to the cross. That's a, that's a turning to the cross and understanding your place in the body of Christ need to stop the doing and start spiritually engaging in what the shepherd is calling us to. Kind of a shift as, as we start winding things down. And I'm just going to close this message reading verses 14 to 18. All right? Not quite done. I've got a few more, few more things and a little bit more time ahead of me. But there's a, there's a, there's a, a preparation that Jesus is, is placing before this leadership one last time. He's calling them out of religion. He's calling them out of that sin that's separating them from God. He's going to start talking about giving his life. Giving his life for that payment of sin. He's going to start talking about giving his life that he's going to take back again. Why? Because of that sin that religion could not pay for. This morning, if you're following religion, this is where it leads. That last phrase in verse 41, therefore your sin remains. Jesus is going to lay out God's new covenant plan of salvation, his offered righteousness to Israel. How is the gospel going to be received? How, how is this righteous standard going to be responded to? How, <laughs> I, we, I won't say it that way, but uh, how, how bad do people want to stay in their religion? We'll put it that way. How bad do people want to stay in, I am fine the way I am. I'm comfortable doing this. Maybe, maybe I'm too scared to admit my sin and guilt and make the changes to give that to Christ, whatever it is. How bad do people want to stay in religion? Verse 19, as Jesus explains the gospel, calling them out, talking about that intimacy, that, that, that the shepherd, the voice, their name. Therefore, there was division again among the Jews because of these sayings. Gospel of Christ. Having a spiritual relationship with God shouldn't be confusing. Shouldn't be divisive, right? You're separated. Your sin separates you. You need to place your faith in Christ, repent and turn to have that spiritual fellowship with God. It shouldn't be divisive. But religion is bondage. Satan has people there bound up in it, right? It's, it's, it's not just those main religions out here. It creeps into our churches, how bad do people want to stay in religion? Verse 20. 
And many of them said, he has a demon and is mad. Crazy, insane. Why do you listen to him? I don't know whether there's many here this morning that uh, continually face the world asking that question. Why do you go to church? Why, why do you take your Bible? Why do you spend your lunch hours that way? Why do you pray before meals? I don't know whether many people have people engaging you in that. Why do you do that? Why do you listen to his voice? I know many people that shrink away from that. Right? Maybe they, 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 on Sunday they're fine and, and, and they have things put together. But come Monday they're completely different. Right? Religion. I thought to myself with that question, why do you listen to them? People, people putting that to you there. Why are you listening to Christ? Why are you listening to the voice? Why are, you, why are you following the things of Him? Stop listening to Satan and the world, right? Maybe you're here this morning and, and there's that battle. Maybe, maybe you've grown up in the church. Maybe you, you've come to church just because of your grandparents, right? Maybe, maybe it's just something that you think is right to do. But out here Monday morning, you're untouched. Maybe you're here in that place. You need to stop listening to Satan and understand that there's a working going on in your heart right now. Right? There's, a, there's a working. The Spirit is working in your heart. Here at Coldstream Baptist Church, we do not preach religion. We preach Christ. Right? And I, I felt good even typing, I was quick at math, those letters, right? capitalizing them. We don't preach religion. We preach Christ here. Just very, very quickly, right? Religion, your sin remains. Right? Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Right? We recognize, and we've been there in this study, John chapter 1, verse 29, that Israel wasn't looking for, for well, maybe they were, but as John the Baptist declares who Jesus is, right? Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, right? Jesus didn't come to combine religion with God's plan. Jesus came to remove them from religion and bring them into a relationship with God. Isaiah 53, 5, Jesus was going to lay down his life. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. Right? The, the, the things that he suffered through. But verse 6, all we alike sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord laid upon him the iniquity, the sins of us all. That's not religion, folks. Right? Religion removed that. Right? We won't get into that too much. But that's, that's, that's how we have a relationship with Him. Acts 4.12 Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Saved from what? Saved from sin. Saved from our old man. Saved into the victories of Christ. John 10 verse 9 I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. 
Jesus didn't bring religion. He brought relationship. He brought that means of coming to the Father. John chapter 10, verse 11. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. This is intimacy. This is how we have access to spiritual life with the Father. John chapter 10, verse 14. Read with me. I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep and am known by my own. If there's confusion as to what that verse is, we're probably back to 941. Religion, remaining sin. As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. That's talking about the cross. It's talking about what He did at Calvary. And other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. That's our place, right? The body of Christ's place in God's plan. Therefore my Father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it again. His willing sacrifice. That's what he did on our behalf. That's what he offers to all men, that deliverance. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This command I have received from my Father. This isn't religion. This is a relationship. So this morning... And so much more could be said about that. And, and part of me wants to do a, a, a deeper study up in the teaching room, just a, some, other, some other evenings and what have you. But this morning when we think about Jesus coming, um, coming to die, coming to willingly give himself, coming, coming to complete that transaction that needed to be done for sin once and for all on man's behalf, when we think about Jesus coming, trying to lead these people out of religion, right, where their sin is remaining, trying to lead them to that place where they can have a relationship with Father. This morning, the choice does seem to be very clear, doesn't it? When you think of that last slide. Right? The choice is very clear this morning. Right? If you're following religion, therefore your sin remains. For the, those that have never placed their faith in Christ, never come to that, that place where they understood that they were sinners and what Jesus did on the cross and understood that, that there is a separation there that's eternal. For those who have never placed their faith in Christ, that religion will lead them to hell. For those that have placed their faith in Christ, and they don't take sin seriously, and they think this is a game, right? That unconfessed sin remains there's broken fellowship it's paid for paid for once and for all past present and future but but on on your spiritual fellowship with god there's a hindrance there's a quenching there's a broken fellowship if you're following religion then your sin remains if you're following the voice of the shepherd this morning then we are on our knees Right? We're continually confessing. We're, we're continually gathering as a church body. They're rebuking and admonishing and, and, and doing what, what the Spirit leads us in. It's a glorious thing because we're called to be pure. But there's a third category here. If you were here this morning and you just don't catch 
why this is important to you. Are you here this morning? You're just like, I just don't get it. I, I just don't, I don't see how this applies. I don't see why I need to know this. Already anticipating maybe what this afternoon holds. Take Revelation 3, 15 and 16 seriously. Where Jesus is speaking to the church of Ephesus and he says, I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were cold or hot. So then because you are lukewarm, neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. There's a serious tone to that, being lukewarm. There's a serious tone there of, of sitting in the pew Sunday after Sunday, saying no to the voice. I thought to myself, God's saying there, he will give your heart what it truly wants. If you're looking for religion, right, and you're saying no to the voice of God, He'll give you the religion you want. You can keep doing the same thing there for a hundred years, right? He'll give you what your heart truly wants. That will be passed on, that religion and that sin and that hindrance, that, that, that religion will be passed on to your generations. Your children will live according to that religion. It'll be passed on to their kids and your religion will continue to allow you to function in your remaining sin that should be a terrifying thing to consider terrifying thing to consider but it's a reality isn't it it's a reality isn't it heavenly father lord just thinking there is as we've covered some heavy topics lord i pray that religion is is very clear as to what it is this morning. Lord, I pray that a relationship with you through the Lord Jesus Christ and what was done on the cross is even more clear. Lord, I pray that if, if there's any in this room...
that we would be a moving and alive body of Christ. Lord, as we sing this last song, I pray that we meditate on these things. And perhaps uh, we're in a place where, where we are hearing the voice and we're excited and we're, we're plugged into where the Spirit is leading and it's an amazing thing. But Lord, we have many people in our lives that don't have a clue what we're talking about. Lord, many people in our lives that are, are not just wandering, but they're saying no. Lord, I pray that you would give us the verses and the words and the leading to speak your truth into their lives and that they would either come back or they would turn, Lord, fully to you. Just pray these things in your precious name. Amen.